Welcome to The Journey, podcast with the promise, with Family Promise of Collin County. My name is Lavina Hamilton. I am the executive director with Family Promise of Collin County. And joining us today, we have Sheila Miller. She is the previous executive director of Family Promise. Yvonne Booker, she is a current board member with Family Promise of Collin County. And a special guest, Mr. Ronald Jackson. Um, let's start off with just a little bit about each other. Miss Yvonne Booker, Mrs. Yvonne Booker, can you start off and just give us a little bit of um, who you are? Sure. Um, I have had the pleasure of serving on the Family Promise Board now for a little over, not quite six months, but I'm not new to the work of Family Promise. And so I have worked in the nonprofit community for the last 15 or 20 years and have been extremely familiar with the work of Family Promise, particularly It's work with families that are experiencing homelessness. Um, That happens to be a passion of mine. So serving on their board um, was just a natural fit for me. Uh, I'm also honored to know um, our special guest today. So to be a part of this podcast is sort of a double special event for me. Well, thank you. And Sheila? Well, I was the former director at Family Promise, did that for four years, and um, I'm currently with another nonprofit organization that works with churches in the community, and I have been engaged with the nonprofit sector. I was just adding it up. I thought it was a lot less, but it's close to 40 years now okay. in, in, in a lot of different aspects. And Mr. Jackson, you want to give us a little bit about yourself? Who are you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> well, as my introduction is, I'm Ronald Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, exactly where to start, I, I have to go back too far for, for you guys. But um, my association with the with uh, yourself mm-hmm. and uh, with Yvonne goes back about three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 Miss Miller, I just met this afternoon, uh-huh. but I'm sure we're going to have a future. We are, <laughs> for sure. I can tell. <laughs> Be, because uh, she is such an outgoing personality, and, and uh, the people that I have uh, been associated with in this non-profit uh, uh, sphere that, that I've been, been uh, going in, is uh, she's, she's one of the ones that uh, shows that same type of personality. So I'm mm-hmm. sure that we're going to go in. We're going to have a uh, relationship that's going to be equally as positive and as far-moving as possible. Okay. So we're just going to kind of have a little brief conversation here a little bit. Um, Mr. Jackson, I would like to touch on your journey here, and we'll just kind of listen to you and, and the wonderful story that you have and how paths have been crossed and um, where you are to this day. So would you like to um, just kind of give us a little bit of now of your history and, and what you had going on prior to today? Well, I, I guess uh, since this uh, since this cast, is, is, this program is entitled The Journey, I guess that's what I need to... Uh, give the folks a look at is kind of where my how my journey has been or at least a section of it mm-hmm. and how it began and came to be that uh, you and I and your uh, <coughs> you and I uh, came to uh, be in the same in the same space at the same time mm-hmm. uh, and it began I guess I'll, I'll begin with 
uh, where my homelessness began. Okay. And my homelessness began, I'm sure everyone wants to know, you know, how a person would uh, end up in that type of situation. Uh, it's, uh, it's not a situation that just most of the time occurs instantaneously, most mm -hmm. of the time. Most of the time, it's a process. Mm -hmm. uh, at least it was with me. Uh, at, at one time, I, I uh, had a, uh, a child business down in the downtown Dallas area, and it kind of started to peter out. Uh, bills started to pile up, uh, and, then it, and then it completely went away. Mm -hmm. And how long ago was that, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, well, that started in, like, 2012. Okay. And... Uh, so, over the course of the next few years, I both I both uh, lived on the streets in shelters. Uh, still, uh, as some people have have heard and, and, and possibly know, uh, I was both working and homeless. Mm -hmm. So, you know that is a a definite thing that can happen that you can still be working and be homeless at the time. Mm -hmm. uh, and it was. Some people, you know, that you run into are a little bit callous, mm -hmm. and it was it was my my uh, living in shelters that actually ended up being the thing that was my was the final uh, nail in the coffin, so to speak, that pushed me into complete homelessness uh, because some people just didn't take it well that I was working and living in a shelter. And they decided that uh, they wanted to terminate my contracts uh, in uh, in their buildings. That uh, and that put me all the way out into the streets. Uh, I spent approximately approximately seven years uh, as as on the streets. Uh, and but that journey began to change. And the journey that I want to speak about today is the journey uh, that shows the compassion, mm -hmm. shows the uh, need for, and shows the ability to help revive a person that has been homeless uh, through the nonprofit system. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I spent most of those years, as I said, most of those seven years I spent on the, on the streets of Dallas. Then one, one day, uh, I just kind of received an intuition to start moving to the Plano area. Once moving to the Plano area, uh, things began to change. I, I, think, uh, I think I was being led to leave familiar ground and to get into unfamiliar ground so that I would possibly strive more. Okay, you said you were led? I like to call it led, okay. and, and and not led. I was led spiritually, okay. not, not led by by the hand by a person. Okay, I, I was more led spiritually uh, to leave where I was. Okay, uh, kind of leaving my comfort zone. Okay, and be, and getting into a place where things were shaken up, and I had to really kind of start over. Um. And that journey began in a very, very strange way. I was uh, sleeping in the park in, in Plano, and they were having a they were having a 
Appreciation Day for city employees in the park that day. Mm -hmm. And how long ago was that? Do you remember? This was in like 2018. Okay. Um, And uh, I got up, rolled up my my bedroll, and I was just sitting in the park uh, watching the the, uh, city workers. They they were having, they, they were feeding hot dogs and the whole having just a pic, a picnic. Mm-hmm. I was sitting there just just watching watching things, and um, a couple of ladies from from the city came over and brought me a brought me a hot dog and a plate and a drink. And I was sitting there eating that, and I noticed two police officers converging on me, mm-hmm. and they were converging from different directions. Mm-hmm. So my mind went to. I mean, because this was not a new, this was not a new situation. You know, being being accosted by police officers was not a new situation. So my mind just went to, oh wow, here we go. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought this is really going to be ugly because at the time I had no ID, I had nothing. So I went, yeah, this is going to get to be a real hassle. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, I ran into two. Or, or two police officers ran into me mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that that were guys that were filled with compassion. Okay. They came up to me, and they simply said, how are you doing? And then they asked, you know, was I homeless? I said, yes. And they said, which was very obvious, I'm sitting there with a sleeping bag in my hand. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they said, well, we just came up to, to uh, try to meet you. Cause we like to we like to get to know our homeless population, you you know, and uh, we had a pretty pleasant conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they one the one thing that I was feared the most they never asked they never asked me for ID. Mm-hmm. Wow. So with that with that approach, what and and you realize that was a different approach coming from the officers. How how did that make you feel at that time? What what kind of went through your head at that point? Like wow, this is something different, you know. Okay, well, just answer for me then. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I really didn't mean to do that. <laughs> it was a good lead. <laughs> that, that's exactly that's exactly what I felt at the time. Okay. What I felt at the time was, wow, this is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started to relax. I mean, you, you know, when they came up, I was extremely tense mm-hmm. because uh, in my mind, I'm about to go to jail. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I was unable to identify myself, mm-hmm. and and that's uh, that would have been the procedure in Dallas. Uh, yeah, that's the question that I wanted to ask. You you were used to being people approaching you in that way, yes, and that they would come. Which brings up the uh, brings up a question that I've been thinking about. As you were homeless on the street in Dallas, was it scary? I mean, you did you you had not been homeless for a huge amount of time, or did you adjust to it, or did you just how did you mentally <coughs> adjust to being homeless? Here again, that's the thing that that that's a process. You, you know, your your first your first night, first week uh, or so uh, being home, being completely homeless, it's an experience. Uh, uh, yes, uh, I, I'd be definitely. I have to say yes. There, there, I won't say that there was fear, but there was extreme apprehension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, the reason I won't say it, I was t- 
totally fearful is is because uh, because of a spiritual foundation that 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 I had even even as I went went on to the you streets. You felt peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, not necessarily. You peace. just knew that you'd be okay. I felt like I would. You would be okay. I felt like I would be okay. I, I didn't. I I, I I I felt like that somewhere along the somewhere along the way things would work out as they should. But but I guess the thing that is so hard um, for people to understand, they're overwhelmed by the fact that someone that's working mm-hmm. can be homeless. Mm-hmm. And mean, we've seen it in Family Promise. Yes. And people working really hard, which just indicates there are not good jobs out there or the ability to be able to have affordable housing and all. So how did that make you feel? Because a lot of people struggle so much with mental illness or or just frustration, addiction, addiction yeah. and all of that. Well, that's the thing. Um, you know, as I said, the, the the homelessness was kind of a gradual thing. I, I mean, I had I had automobiles, I had a truck, I lived in that for a while, okay. and then of course, as as my business started to slide, and <clears throat> as uh, uh, bills started to pile up, and also uh, in addition to that. I ended up not uh, paying enough attention to what my business was going on in the state of Texas. Uh, as I said, I had a I had a shoe shine stand uh, downtown, and what I didn't know at the time was that uh, shoe shine stands, uh, shoe shines are taxable. Wow. Now, uh, but usually what uh, uh, people do is they usually just have the tax included in whatever they. The charges are. Uh, the way the tax people get uh, become aware of shoe shine stands is normally a thing that I did was normally when you get a tax number, then that puts you that, that puts you uh, on on the tax rolls on their tax rolls, and they start they do an estimation and start expecting you to uh, to pay taxes uh, accordingly. So I have a tax bill also. And that's kind of that was kind of a thing that that was pretty harmful in, in getting me uh, in that in that same in that area also. So I had so I had uh, I had uh, that can push you over mm-hmm. because you can't mess with the government. Mm-hmm. I've been there. It, it, it is the thing. It is the thing that pushed pushed me over. Yeah. Although you know I operated on the cash business, so they really couldn't garnish it. They really couldn't uh, garnish uh, my, my wages or, or anything of that nature, but uh, it, it still caused me to have to uh, <coughs> excuse, excuse me. It still caused me to have to pay, uh, you know, out of my pocket. But anyway, uh, going on with my journey, uh, the officers uh, eventually asked me, uh, "Was I?" Was I interested in getting off the streets? And I said, "Well, sure." <laughs> what else am I going right. to say? Yeah, I'm going to be off the street. Yeah, you know, like no, I think I stayed another several years. No, I said, I said, sure. And they told me at the time they said, "Well, up the street, there's a nonprofit, and uh, there's a lady there that you might want to uh, talk to. Uh, she's good at doing that." And the only thing that you would need to do is make sure that you continue uh, to meet with her. 
Uh, they said that she's she's really good at what she does, and she can get and she can help you get achieve what you achieve that goal. Uh, but you have to do your part by continuing to meet. Uh, so I said, okay, and just there was something about that conversation and thing that at the, immediately I said, I'm gonna not not go and meet this woman. Mm-hmm. I went and met her. And things just, from there, things just really took off and started to line up. Uh, that lady, uh, she, she's no longer uh, in the state, but uh, she, got, she, she got on board. She got my ID. She paid off tickets. Or, or, or rather, her organization did, mm-hmm. and that was a process. That was a process that you went through working with her. So it, as time went on, she was able to work with you to get these things taken care of. It was. It was. It was exactly uh, as the officers had said. Mm-hmm. I was to meet with her on every Wednesday, mm-hmm. and I was there every Wednesday to meet with her, and she got things done. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I said, got my got my uh, driving. Well, first we had to get my birth certificate because I had to go through the entire identification process. Mm-hmm. Had to get a had to get a birth certificate, driver's license. She paid off. She paid off. Uh, and, and also, I had a I had a ticket that had a, a ticket that had a lien against my driver's license. So she had to get that paid off before I could get my driver's license. It was. It was a it was a uh, an, an in depth process, mm-hmm. and she hung with it. And and but you with hung it. with it, yeah. I think we I think we need to remember that yeah. that doesn't always happen. You committed to it also, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. Yeah, and I think. Go ahead. Yeah, and I think I think Mr. Jackson, that's that's the point that I really want to um, for you to talk more about that. Even within your journey, all the complicated things that you had to go through. You never lost your um, your passion. You never lost your drive. So talk to us a little bit about how you keep that motivation even though you are um, homeless or experiencing homelessness at the time. How do you stay motivated to take those steps necessary to change that condition? Well, you know, Yvonne, it's, it's this. I, I appreciate what you say and, and, and what Sheila has said uh, concerning uh, my uh, exhibiting some tenacity or, or whatever in this situation, but I'll tell you what, it was you guys, and 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 you guys, you and Navita, and and uh, the lady that I'm speaking about that left, uh, uh, and her name is Darcy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was the caring that mm-hmm. you guys showed that made me start to care. Wow. Mm-hmm. And, wow. and, and I guess I can even, even take it back to the police officers. When somebody showed, started to show caring, it started to make me want to do something different. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it was. As I said, when, when the police officer said, if you just continue to show up and see her, she'll help you achieve what you want to achieve. And something just clicked right then that said, do that. And so I committed to do that. And, uh, and then it was pretty easy because every time I showed up, there was, there was welcoming smiles. There, there was uh, uh, comforting smiles. There was a feeling of 
that I that that I mattered, and that made me start to matter mm-hmm. because I started to see me differently. Because you know, one of the things you, uh, Sheila asked earlier is uh, in, in that homeless thing, you can get a, you can get into a head process where it's like, all I want to do is survive today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know. Uh, Maybe I'll make tomorrow, maybe I won't. But what I just want to do is get through today. Uh, there's no there's no really looking for a future until I ran into you guys, until I ran into people that started to say, uh, you know, you can uh, do better. You will do better. All you got to do is want to. Mm-hmm. And they made me start to want to. Uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember one time telling you guys something that uh, I had been saving this line for years and years, uh, a, a line that, that I, I, I stole from a movie. Uh, and I'd been waiting for, for years for a proper place to, to put it. And I told you guys one day, you guys thought it was just the greatest thing, and I, I thought it was the greatest thing that I was actually able to say it. And what I said was, and, and, and it's, it's from the movie, uh, As Good As It Gets. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a line that, uh, what's his face? Uh, he told, I, I remember her, her, Helen Hunt. Jack uh, Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> you that movie, hey? Jack Nicholson told Helen Hunt. And he said, and I thought it was a fantastic line at the time. And I thought it was really apropos for that time. And I, it's, I told you guys, you make me want to be a better me. Wow. That's yeah, the, I remember. Yeah. I remember that line. So do yeah, I. yeah. I remember you saying that. <laughs> so, Mr. J, tell us, so where are you now? What do you have going on now in, oh, in 2021? Wow. In 2021, it, it's... And it's amazing. I, I was I was uh, I was in the car last night, going uh, going to a, a Bible study, and this thing hit me. I was sitting at the light, uh, going to the study, and I thought, I'm in an automobile, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and a pretty nice automobile. I just saw it. It was so cute. <laughs> I said, I'm in an automobile. I'm listening to some smooth jazz on the radio. Wow. I'm going over here to meet with a great group of guys that, that I enjoy, whose company I enjoy and who inspire me. And I thought, wow, this is far different from just a few months ago. I barely had a bicycle. Mm-hmm. So right now, I, I'm, I'm living in an apartment complex in, in the McKinney area. Uh, and and as, as I've stated, and I've been there for almost two years. Uh, I uh, I moved. I, I've been able to get an automobile. Uh, I keep my bills paid. Mm-hmm. I've got internet. I've got I've got a place. That, uh, last month, when 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 everybody and this was just another great thing. Last month, when everyone was was uh, when the storm hit, and everyone was. Scrambling to keep warm, keep the lights on, keep water running. I never had an interruption. Mm-hmm. And that was so different from spending nights like that in hallways, in parks, mm-hmm. under, under bridges. That was so different. 
And, 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 and sitting there at that light yesterday, I just thought, man, uh, that's, this, this is, I'm really grateful to be in a different place. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and I ascribe it, uh, of course, to uh, God first mm-hmm. and, and, and foremost, and then the openness of you ladies being available to help guide me on this journey, to get me to where I am, because had it not been for, had it not been for the reinforced uh, caring that you that you ladies showed, I don't think I don't think I would have done anything. I would have continued where I was because I was comfortable. Mm-hmm. Well, I know when I started working with you, one thing you looked at me and said. I cannot spend another winter outside. <laughs> and the I older think, you get, it's huge. And and that to me, that to me was pretty significant because we we just start working together, and it was maybe I think it was the beginning of the summer when we when we actually started working together because we had to start working together when Darcy left, and so. You kind of eased on to, to my way <laughs> and told no, me that. You actually commandeered me. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that was something that was pretty significant. And that's what, that was something that kind of lit a little fire for me to hear you say that. Even though we had a relationship a little bit before, you know, and it, and it was a professional relationship at that time. And I can say right now, we are pretty good friends. Absolutely. Um, but that was something that kind of resonated with me to push me to push you. Because I haven't been easy on you at all. <laughs> and you know, Levita, yeah, Levita, I think you make an excellent point. I think for those of us that are in this service arena that work with families that are experiencing homelessness, it is a relationship. Mm-hmm. It has to be where the person that you're working with trusts you, mm-hmm. and then you as the advocate or you as a social worker or whatever term your organization uses, you have to also have some investment in that. Mm-hmm. But it is it is a two way street. So it's 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 enlightening. I think Mr. Jackson has given us as a service professional such a great template and mm-hmm. saying it's okay to show caring when you're working with families that are experiencing homelessness. And it is a two-way street. It is a trust street. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a trust relationship. And, and I think that is just, you know, it sounds like a simple thing, but it can have such a huge impact on the success of the families that you're working with. Mm-hmm. It has a, it has a, a very huge uh, impact. You, you know, the adage, the adage goes, nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. And when and when you can feel that caring being channeled toward you, it makes you start to care. Mm-hmm. It, it really does. It makes it makes you not only start to care about you, it makes you start to care about the world around you. Mm-hmm. It makes you want to participate in the world again. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that that uh, I experienced with many, uh, you know, many of my encounters and and, and people that that uh, uh, I've associated with in the homeless sphere is that uh, we start not to care, mm-hmm. 
and and of course you 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 get to that point where your emotions are seared over, and once they're seared over, uh, you know it's pretty much that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you can see homeless people do some of the atrocious things that they do. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, some of the things that people say, "Oh, wow, that's horrible." Well, it, it, it's because they feel like the world has beaten them down so much. Maybe, maybe I can just do something to just let them know I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm still something. But when people start to care uh, and start to show that caring, people start to respond. Mm-hmm. You, you know, um, uh, many of our many of our, our songs and, and 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 many of our poetry. And much of our poetry, uh, our literature, and thing of, 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 uh, throughout the, of the ages has always uh, alluded to this fact that it's love that is the, is the major motivation of everything in the world. Mm-hmm. And it overcomes everything. Love is the only thing that you can send out that will knock down anything. But you have to accept it. Well, and w- Well, kind of going back to another homeless individual out there, they may not have, they may not have that trust to even, because you kind of have to have that trust to even get to the point where there's love and caring. I mean, you know, because you can approach an individual who's homeless on the street and they can be pretty tense at that time. They don't know who you are. You're coming from a caring way. You know, they're not really sure where you're coming from. So there's barriers that have to be broken with individuals before you can get to a certain point to get them to that, to that, to that place. Absolutely, absolutely correct in that. But, but hear what you're saying. Those defenses are up because we have to have defenses on the street. Right. But when people, when the love is there, people continue to bombard those defenses. Okay. And when those when those defenses are, and anything that's bombarded, they eventually fall. Mm-hmm. But it, it, it takes, it, it, and, and, and I'm saying, uh, and in any relationship, no relationship is built instantaneous. Mm-hmm. All relationships involve a tremendous amount of trust. Mm-hmm. So, and that trust has to be built over time. Right. So, when when a homeless person see you showing up consistently and delivering the consistent message that you care about them, mm-hmm. There's no choice but to respond. There's no choice but to respond. And, and because that's the way our world is actually set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's actually set up to respond to love. Although, you, you know, there are, there are people, you know, in our world and, 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 and things that happen that are, are uh, heinous. Mm-hmm. However... If we didn't see those, and this is no, this is no, uh, this is no, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm at a loss for words. This is this is no way to say that it's okay. Mm-hmm. So I'll just make it as simple as possible. This is no way to say that heinous acts are okay, 
But if we didn't have them, we wouldn't know how to measure it up. Right. You know. So they they have a place, although it's a place that we don't want, and we're probably never going to e- totally eradicate them. But it gives us a place to start to deliver the love that we need, mm-hmm. which will, which will, which can be uh, uh, an equal force, not an equal force. It, it, it will be the overpowering force. But uh, you know, we we had a convers- we had the conversation before about the trust thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a thing. It, it, it's a thing uh, that's important. In, in uh, of course, as we know, in any relationship, whether it be a personal relationship, professional relationship, whatever type of relationship it might be, trust is the most important thing. And that, with your journey, you have had to trust several different people to get you to where you are today. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And 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 and, and, and those people. Those people have come through, mm-hmm. and it just continued to build. That trust just continued to build mm-hmm. to to where uh, there's not there's not anything that I wouldn't trust them with. Uh, uh, and you found a new person today that's to add to that journey. I so. I mean, that I is Sheila. exactly right on the new so. journey. That's right. So. You know, I have to say that um, you speak so well about your journey. And um, I think that you're someone that um, needs to continue to use your voice Mm -hmm. to share with other people because you will impact a lot of people, as I'm sure you already have. I mean, you've impacted me already. And so I just, you know, um, it's a tough journey, and and we don't understand it all, and and we think we have the answers, and everyone on the street or that's working and homeless, they're all different. Everybody's coming from different places and all. But just the fact, I think that, you know, I don't... (laughs) I just don't want to deny the fact that, or, or push it aside, that you also made such a um, determination that you were going to uh, work work through this with other people. And I know it was because Yvonne and, and Darcy and LaVita were there, because I used to hear about you from LaVita <laughs> when we would go to lunch. She would say, oh my gosh, this is amazing man, Mr. Jackson. And so it's so honored. I am honored to meet you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I, 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 I'm equally pleased to, to meet you, Sheila. <laughs> uh, although they didn't, they, they, they didn't, uh, they didn't give me a, 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 as much uh, touting of you as, as they seem. <laughs> they to have should done. have. What is wrong with them? <laughs> and, I'm just saying. And they, and they will be receiving the scolding. <laughs> please, do, please do that. I could, my self-image could really use that, okay? <laughs> Yvonne, is there anything you would like to say in closing of the podcast today? Well, I think um, we have touched on some really good points. Mm-hmm. Number one, it is a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those that may be listening, um, you, as Mr. Jackson has said, you may not be all real received when you first approach someone that is currently experiencing homelessness. Mm-hmm. Um, there is trust that has to happen. But I think one thing that he said that to take away from me is that it has to be consistent. Mm-hmm. You, you have to consistently um, try and, and 
and as Sheila said, we're not going to hit a home run every time. Right. Uh, some people, some people aren't going to be ready. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that I've kind of learned in doing this work, if you plant that seed, you may not necessarily be the one to see it grow, mm-hmm. but That's you right. know you have planted a seed of caring. And I'm just honored to say that we planted a seed in Mr. Jackson and that we are still here right now to see it grow, um, to see him, you know, thrive and, and flourish and and drive his car playing smooth jazz. Smooth. I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that because I love jazz myself. So I know you've given a lot of us as organization professionals a lot of credit, but don't minimize your role mm-hmm. in this because this is this is your journey and and you made the decision when those officers told you what to do. Um, you made the decision to do it, um, and for that, I'm just so grateful. And I just think it's so cool too that your car is a soul <laughs> because you have such a good soul and you love jazz. <laughs> Well, well, everyone, what I would like, did Mr. Jackson, did you, would you like closing words? Well, I was just going to, I was just going to say, well, I was going to comment on that, that, you know, when, when I, when I purchased that car, uh, I was thinking the same thing about it. It, it, it was, uh, because I was, I was actually aiming for another one and that's the one that became available. And I went, oh, it's a soul. <laughs> I said, I wonder, I wonder if there's a message in there somewhere. Well, definitely for sure, as far as I can tell. Well, I would like to thank everyone for joining us today, Sheila, Yvonne, and Mr. Jackson. And until next time, this is The Journey Podcast with a Promise.